This is chaos. This is chaos right now. What did you expect? Welcome to another episode of Boom or Bust, the draft show. Max Chadwick alongside PJ Clark, Tate Sigworth, and Nick Merriam. We ran through our top 10 quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, offensive tackles, and top five tight ends. Now, the one you've all been waiting for, oh, yeah, our baby. top Let's 10 go. interior offensive linemen for Viking Skull Viking in the Skull, baby. draft. Shout out right Frank down. Howard. We in them trenches. In them trenches. Syracuse legend. Shout out, Frank. <laughs> We're all bet you didn't see that one coming. We're recording this at like though. midnight, too. So bet the you didn't see that one coming. Frank Howard, shout out to you. Juices are flowing. Be sure to follow our Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Boomer Bus Draft. YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast, please like and subscribe to the channel. And please leave comments for our mailbag please as well. And please, please support us because support for us is brought to you. By the man, there we go. Right there. Hit it. Okay. Good. Good. I don't want to. Good. Shave that was good. That was uh, some base. Go. That got aggressive. Get prepared for St. Patrick's Day with a manscaped. If you're trying to get a little lucky, manscaped. Oh, oh I like that. Global That's leader for below it's the waist grouping and the official sponsor of Boom or Bust the Draft oh, Show. Yeah. To ensure you have the best tools for your family jewels, visit manscaped.com. And use the code BOOM OR BUST. That's BOOM OR BUST. No spaces. No space. All caps for 20% off your purchase. And free international shipping, too. So if you're like our, our German Yoki. listeners. Yoki. If you want Manscaped. Anyone who's in England. I know Duncan, I think, lives in England, too. If you're overseas. We are you a very free. international podcast. And we're, we're now catering it's to It's weird. All the, yeah, all the Americans. We appreciate like, you. Americans go to other people, and as they probably should. But... Listen, man, we are we are big overseas, so please, manscaped.com, boomer bust the promo code for 20% off your purchase and free shipping. And also, every purchase at manscaped.com goes towards contributions made to the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Oh, so they, they do a great job over there at Manscaped. Uh, so please support them. Um, number 10, let's Please go to the top 10. Oh, we're, jump, we're jumping right in. Just going. Yeah, let's it. go. Sounds Josh good. Myers, the center of Ohio State, I number 166 on Big Board 2.0. PJ, what do you got on him? Oh, God, you're going to me first? I thought we were totally going to Homer take nope. here, I nope. guess. I'm not um, a Homer. <laughs> so I guess for Josh Myers, my, my biggest pro would be that he's tall for a center. He's 6'5", um, which is, you know, big, big for a center. I think he uses his length. Um, not a great athlete. I think he's a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. He's not really elite at any one thing. But I think the advantage of being 6'5 and having the long arms and having the reach is good. Um, you know, serviceable, serviceable center. Um, target in the mid round. I don't really have that much, you know, played decent against Alabama, but Christian Barmore kind of ate him alive, but who did he not eat alive? I guess by that logic. Um, so, you know, tall rangy center. I just, you know, I don't know. He is what he is. Yeah. I mean, he's like a day three pick, you know, uh, number 10 offensive lineman, just checking in at day three. Um, 
you know, he's well-rounded technique. You know, he is an elite, like PJ said, as far as that goes. But the base is there for all of his fundamentals. I think he has a really good understanding of leverage and using that. Uh, PJ mentioned the size. He's, he's pretty big as far as centers go. Um, but the major drawback is he's just not a huge athlete. Um, you know, the size and the lack of athleticism ultimately hurt him when he's like working in space, getting to the second level and such. So day three pick, you know, I, I think down the road he can be a starter in the NFL, but um, I'm just not 100% sure about year one NFL starter. Yeah, and that's your homer talking. So, uh, you know, we, first round uh, pick. He's you know, really good. He's, yeah, he's great. We, well, we, we we have a little bit of a weird interior offensive line thing going on right now because uh, admittedly uh, I think a couple of our guys went back to school and it made this weird. So he's number ten for us. I not Thank high on Josh Myers. Linderbaum. Yeah, Thank th- you, Alec Lindstrom. You know all those guys. Uh, he's a seventh round pick for me. I, I'm not you know huge on him. I think he has active hands. I, I think he has a good first punch. Um, I think his snaps are clean. But I think he has trouble standing his ground. He has a really wide stance, leads to like weird footwork at times. He's not very powerful, I think. He doesn't really drive his legs, and he struggles against com- complex assignments when guys run stunts against him. Uh, I think there's a lot of work to do there. I don't think he's a great athlete. He has played a high at a high level, obviously, in the Big Ten and in the college football playoffs. So you know, that's okay. something that's going for him. But ultimately, not the best final year for anybody on that Ohio State offensive line. Um, and he's trending down for me as a prospect. But, yeah, he checks in at number 10 on the interior offensive line board, I guess. Yeah, I have him number 18, interior offensive line, number 7 center. Um, yeah, on my interior offensive. No, number 18, interior offensive line, and number 7 uh, center on my board, late day three pick, like Nick said. Great size, 6'5", 312, like PJ said. Very, I think he's an explosive player. He, he kind of generates movement pretty quickly. Maybe even play guard at the next level. He's got the explosiveness. He played well last year, but he took a big step back this year. He allowed 11 pressures on just 264 pass blocking snaps. He goes for the kill shot too much. When he hits it, it looks great, but he often misses. He gets off balance a lot. Really high-end athleticism, but you're going to have to kind of teach him how to play the position. He's a project. He swings for the fences too much. Put him in his own scheme, and I think, yeah, he's a late day three pick. Uh, let's go to another center now. Number nine, Drake Jackson, the center from Kentucky, number 133 on Big Board 2.0. Tate, what do you think about him? Yeah, so we're going from a big center to a small center. Drake Jackson, only 6'2", 292. Um, you know, the undersized, he's got small arms as a result. Uh, lack of power, maybe, compared to Josh Myers. Um, the things you like about it, you know, he's a four-year starter. He had 44 consecutive starts, which from the offensive line, especially the interior, is pretty impressive. Um, at, at the same time as his height is maybe a con, it also is a pro because it's kind of like natural leverage against the guy he's playing against. He can use that smaller frame and keep the, the low pad level. Um, and he's also a pretty good athlete, you know, comparatively to, to other centers since he is small. But, I mean, the undersized part and... Um, Kentucky did a lot of running the ball in 2019. It was like 300 something pass snaps to like 500 something run snaps. Baby, what it do? Unusual. Um, so yeah, I mean he's undersized. Uh, let's see, what grade do I have on him? I think probably maybe early day three. Um, he's good. You know, not great. You know, could down the road be a, a NFL starter. Uh, so I think the, the biggest knock on him is under 300 pounds, like Tate said. So he weighed in at the senior bowl at exactly 300 Kentucky had him listed at 292. Um, 
if you're under 300 pounds, I mean, we even circled it for a couple tackles on the interior under 200, uh, under 300 pounds. That's a rough go of it. And I don't, I, you know, needs to put on weight, but that could be said for a lot of guys entering the NFL and you hopefully have a more normal off season than you did last year to, to put on some weight and get in a strength program, you know, COVID willing, but four year starter, four star recruit, redshirt senior, kind of old, but good run blocker. Tate mentioned it, you know, Kentucky ran the ball a lot over the last four years. Blocked for Benny Snell at Kentucky. They set their uh, program record in rush yards last year. So he's got some pedigree. Was at the Senior Bowl. Nothing too special during the week, but got there, got in front of scouts, got to play against that high-level competition. So never a bad thing to get some snaps in Mobile. I always like to go back to the Senior Bowl. He was very average there. He didn't have a bad week. I don't think it hurt his stock at all, but I don't think he moved his way up until like a day two. I got him as a late fifth-round pick. Uh, he's small. That's just something you're going to hear said a bunch of times. He struggles versus power and pass pro. He's too small to play anything but center at the next level. He's going to have to be a center. And luckily, he's good enough as a snapper. I think that he's going to have a shot at some point to play. Um, I think he's pretty sound technique-wise. Doesn't ever really overextend, scans well. Um, his height uh, does give him a leverage advantage. And, you know, at times, though, I think when he gets caught up in the run game and there's just a lot of traffic, it might be hard for him to see things. But, you know, that's kind of a minor thing. Um, he does a really good job of eating space um, to attack people against blocks because he doesn't have an easy time moving guys because he's not very big. He's got to get to blocks quicker to to engage guys to eat that space before he can move them. He does a good job of that. Uh, but then again, he is limited because of his athleticism. He's just not very big. He's not special, I think, in terms of instincts. Um, and other than like some ability to move to the second level, um, I think they're, you know, he's either going to put on some weight or just get so great technique wise to become a starter at the nfl level um so for me he's a you know an early day three pick yeah he's number he's actually the number six interior office alignment i really like drake jackson my number two center he's actually number 89 on my board so a late do late day two pick for me right now he's a four-year start in the sec he's gotten better every year uh they didn't throw the ball a lot but I think that when they did, I mean, he looked like maybe the best pass protection center in the entire class. He only allowed one sack in four years of starting at Kentucky. Hand placement, really, really good. Never gets his hand swatted away. Really good movement skills for a center. Pretty strong despite being undersized, but you guys hit on it. He's really undersized. He's got a thin frame that doesn't look like it could add too much more. And you can't play him in a gap scheme. He needs to play in a zone scheme. However, I think he might be one of the most NFL-ready centers in this class. Let's go to number eight, Quinn Miners, kind of the guy that everyone loves from the senior bowl, the center from Wisconsin oh. Whitewater. He's number 111 on big board 2.0. Nick, what do you think about him? So he's my number seven interior offensive lineman. Uh, impressive at the senior bowl, right? D3 guy comes in. He wasn't dominant in one-on-ones. He didn't play in the games of an injury, but he held his own against guys that are effectively NFL talent. And if you said that a D3 guy was going to come in and look good against NFL talent without, you know, any prior uh, reps, that's impressive. And, and you like to see it. But other than that, it's really kind of hard to tell what he's going to be at the next level. He is really a projection at this point outside of what we saw at the senior bowl, just because you don't know how to match him up against those NFL guys. Really active feet. He doesn't get tired. We saw him just kind of continue to just go at it over and over again. He's, not as much a mauler as he's just kind of just like a jitterbug at the center position, which I think is not a word you hear too much for offensive linemen, but I don't know. I just like to use it for this guy because I think he's he's really just he's just firing on all cylinders at all time. He doesn't quit. He likes to disengage guys and re-engage when he's losing to just try and you know reset and just fight guys off. 
He's just a, he's a scrappy guy. I think his hands need to get a little bit quicker. I think his technique's good. Um, but in terms of projection to the NFL level, as far as a D3 guy goes, he's doing done a great job, and I think he'll probably hear his name called early day three, probably fourth round pick. Uh, we, there is a there is somewhat of a history. Obviously, it's a little different this year because he, he didn't have a fall season, but there's somewhat of a history of the senior bowl producing D3 talent. Ben Bartsch last year, you know, wasn't great off the bat, but Ali Marpet is obviously the, the poster child for this. Quinn Miner showed up and, and was there to compete. And for a guy who never played center before, I think was actually pretty impressive, especially in snapping. There's There was a video going around Twitter of him snapping the ball against a garbage can in his backyard in, in Wisconsin just to try to learn how to do it and be accurate. And I, I thought he was fine. Um, but, you know, the, the question as it comes for every D3 player is just level of competition. He has the prototypical NFL size over 320 pounds it's just you're massacring guys at d3 and how is that going to translate held up well at the senior bowl but you know i think he might sneak into the back half the back end of day three or day two round three i think somebody's going to take a shot on him based on that week in mobile but it's just all about how is the competition level going to translate yeah, I, I mean, I won't add too much on here. I, I think PJ and Nick hit it really well. I, I think of the guys that are maybe more projections in this draft, I think Quinn is a pretty safe bet that I, I think he will be a successful NFL player. You know, from all the interviews and everything you read about it and watching him, you know, invent workouts in the the, the woods in Canada and, you know, snapping against the garbage can and learning new positions in the offseason to be more valuable as a prospect. You know, he's clearly a, he has a great work ethic. He's a real student of the game. Um, and, and those are intangible things that, you know, some people just don't have. They just don't have that drive. But he clearly does. Um, I, you know, I think his fundamentals were really good at the senior bowl. He showed that he can compete against NFL talent. Um, you know, I think he is a day two pick assuredly. Yeah, he's my number 10 interior lineman, number four center, number 122 overall on my board. He's absolutely massive. Six foot five, 320 pounds, like tackle-esque size. Uses the size really well. He ran over some guys in the Senior Bowl. He had a pretty good Senior Bowl week. He's still a very raw player. Not very athletic. Like Josh Myers, he goes for the kill shot basically too often. Uh, and he played in the D3. It's not really too much tape to glean, off, to glean much off of. Uh, really, all you have is that Senior Bowl where he was, again, I thought he was good, not great. Um, and he could become a starting center down the line. You just need a lot of seasoning for him. So let's go to number seven, which is Aaron Banks. The guard from Notre Dame, number 108 on the big board. PJ, what do you think about him? I'm going to sound like a, a broken record here, but it's the same as every under, other Notre Dame offensive lineman. Like coached well, low ceiling, high floor. You know what you're getting. I think he's probably topped out in terms of athleticism and, and build. I think you, you've seen it. They know how to coach offensive line. There's a pedigree at this point. It's the same thing with Eichenberg. He's fine in pass protection. He's fine in run protection. Good technique, well coached. Can he move in space, get into an outside scheme? Not really an athlete. I think he's probably topped out, but I don't know if he's a plug and play immediately. But if he is, you know, if you're drafting him in the middle rounds, round four grade for me right now to be a, a depth guard for the first year or two, and then he slides in, I, I think you're fine. Again, it's a Notre Dame offensive lineman. You know what you're getting. They're all pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, I think PJ hit it really on the nose there. I mean, he's really powerful, 6'5", 338. You know, you watch the tape, he's very powerful, uses his frame accordingly. Uh, you know, his technique is solid, like PJ mentioned, you know, same with Eichenberg, um, just isn't really a crazy athlete, you know. Um, it, it doesn't ma it matters less in the interior um, than it does, you know, on the outside. So, 
you know, I, I think, you know, rotational uh, guard in the, his early career and then down the line. Yeah, you could play him as a starter. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not a huge Aaron Banks guy. I think he's like interior eight, fourth, fifth round pick for me. So not a guy I would spend a high draft pick on. Yeah, I got him as interior 10 right behind Drake Jackson. I got him as a late fifth round pick. Um, I'm going to kind of go against the whole uh, high floor, low ceiling thing for him as a Notre Dame player. I think he's kind of different than most Notre Dame guys we see. He's not like the biggest guard you've ever seen, but he looks big and he uses his size well. And that's his advantage, I think, as a player right now. But I think he's slow. He's better in a phone booth. Um, and you kind of saw that where he really struggled at the senior bowl where they try to get these guys in space. Um, he overextends a lot, leans too much. He puts himself off balance. Um, I, I'm worried that his legs aren't strong enough. I think he's he's able to, to be low at the beginning of plays, but then when he goes to block guys, he pops up um, and ends up just kind of upper body blocking guys, which needs to be dealt with. And I think because of that, he's not just raw as a football player. I think he's kind of raw as an athlete. Like he struggles to replicate movements like blocking with his glutes and his quads over and over again. And he struggles to keep himself balanced and hip fluidity is a bit of a problem. I think he scans well, he's a project. He's a big guy. I think the athleticism is there, but untapped. Um, and so I think there's a potentially becomes a good guard at the next level, but I think there's a lot of work to be done with Aaron Banks at the next level. Uh, I love Aaron Banks. Like yes, he's my, he's my number four interior lineman, number three guard. I have him as a day two pick right now. Excellent Ooh. size, six foot six, 330 pounds. He's massive. He's an absolutely massive guard. He started for two and a half years on one of the best O-lines in the country, Notre Dame. And like you guys said on it, like every Notre Dame offensive lineman, he's got really good technique. I think his hand placement, I think it's really, really consistent. Only allowed two sacks in two and a half years as a starter. Very good pass blocker. Took his run blocking, I think, to a new level this year. But like you guys mentioned, he's not a dominant athlete. He really struggles in space. Not as strong as you'd think for a 330-pounder either. He'd be great in a probably a gap scheme. He's a high-floor, low-ceiling guy. I think he'd be a good starting guard in the league. So number six now, Creed Humphrey, the center from Oklahoma, number 69 on yes. Big Board 2.0. Nice. Tate, what do you think nice. about Creed Humphrey? Man, the Creed Humphrey slander in this group just has to stop. I mean, it just simply has to stop. Um, I, the, the pedigree that this dude has, 22 pressures on 896 pass blocking reps coming into this year, 37 starts, including 36 in a row, plenty of ex experience. Um, in terms of pass pro, the dude didn't give up a sack in the last two years, but you know, here he is. Uh, Creed Humphrey just has like a bunch of academic awards, helped a new quarterback come in and learn the system every single year. My only con for Creed Humphrey, and I got to stick to the brand, is he's a left-handed center. That's things it. you hate to see things you hate to see okay slander so, needs to stop you know, handed handedness aside um i'm in the middle so max doesn't like creed humphrey as if you Idiot. want to go back to the big board 2.0 video as we mentioned there um and these two love him kind of somewhere in the middle i think he's fine um He's IOL four for me right now. Like he's, he's all right. Um, powerful guy, power, power, power. I think he's a scheme dependent gap power scheme, but he's got the good size three year starter. He's played a lot. As Tate said, he hasn't allowed a lot of pressures. Good pass blocker, good run blocker. Powerful is the thing that I see. Good first punch, smart dude handles stunts. Well, which I think is a center is a big thing to see in college. He's aware 
Um, but just another guy, you know, how athletic is he? How is he going to translate? But there is at least somewhat of a pedigree there to an extent that, you know, the, the Drake Jacksons and uh, Quinn Miners certainly does not have. Senior Bowl, Senior Bowl, Senior Bowl. Here's another guy who was great at the Senior Bowl. You got to love it. Um, IOL4 for me, 39th on my board. And me and Tate are the toot in the horn of this guy. I think we think Creed Humphrey's good. I, you know, he's not an athlete. Uh, but we talked about all the academic awards he has. He's a technical marvel at center. You see a lot of these intelligent guys make it to the NFL because you have to make a lot of calls, a little offensive line of scrimmage when you're a, when you're a center at the NFL. He's a guy that hits his assignments every time. He's got great vision. His body moves in sync with his eyes. Scans, sets feet, pops guys in pass pro. Doesn't really lock them down. He's not super strong. He did put on some weight at school, and he's shorter, so he can kind of get underneath some guys. Um, but he uses and he uses his feet well to adjust and engage guys, I think, as well. Um, but in terms of technique, he's one of the better interior linemen, I think, in this draft. He's really smooth moving from block to block. His limits is going to be size and athleticism. Um, but he has put on some weight at school. He's gotten bigger. He entered, I think, at Oklahoma when he was under 300 pounds. He's now at 320, I believe. Um, and because of that, I think if he can put it all together at the next level, he is a high ceiling, I think. And he will be a guy you can plug and play at center at the next level. Looking at a lot of teams early in the second, you could really use interior offensive line help. Panthers, Bengals, Eagles, uh, you know, any of those teams could use a center. Yeah, I'm the low man on Creed Humphrey. Boo, number, eight. number eight for me. Boo. Center. I have him like a, a fourth round grade on him. Oh. Uh, great size. He's six foot four, 320. Really good size. Three year starter at Oklahoma, too. Uses his size really well in the run game. I think he's the second best run blocking center in this class behind someone we'll get to in a little bit. Um, very good upper body strength, strong hands. He moves defenders out of the way. Again, not a great athlete. He got dominated by Quinn and Williams and Bravion Roy. Didn't really face many other top tier D tackles in the Big 12. Faced a ton of three man rushes at Oklahoma. So yeah, you can say the pressures too, but man, they, they were not tested that much at old line and pass pro. He'll be a good run blocker. I just I don't know how he'll hold up in pass pro in the NFL, but he's scheme versatile. I think he can work in a gapper zone scheme. I think he can be a solid starting center in the league. I just don't know if I'd spend a, a day two pick on him. So let's go to the top five. Now, Trey Smith guard from Tennessee kicks in at number five, number 67 on big board 2.0. Nick, what do you think about him? Former tackle. There was a time period where this guy was a high recruit coming into college that people were like, this guy could be a top five pick if everything goes right. And then he had blood clot issues, which I don't know if it scares you guys, scares me, um, uh, just knowing having, you know, not dealt with it, but just knowing like what it has, you know, having had some surgeries in my life, knowing how blood flow works, just it's a scary thing. It's not something you want to be dealing with, but he is a huge athletic guard. He's really smooth moving from block to block. I think he's got a wide stance, kind of some poor balance. He, he kind of looks like he's still trying to play tackle at the guard position. His, his kind of his pass pro looks like literally he's trying to play tackle still. He kind of just looks to his left every time and doesn't really scan to his right when he's looking for blocks. So maybe he needs a little more time as a guard, which could be the reason why I'm a little lower than him, than him on the most guys. But he's clearly an athlete. Hey, there are things that Trey Smith can do as a blocker in terms of mover, moving defensive linemen that other linemen on the interior in this draft just cannot do. And I will not deny that. Um, blood clots thing does scare me, though. I have him as a third-round guy, but his ceiling is high, high, high. And I, if there's a guy I'm wrong about in this draft, I think it's Trey Smith. Um, so I would die for Trey Smith. I've been on this bandwagon from day one. Uh, if he came out last year, I was surprised to see him go back. If he came out last year, I would have had a first-round grade on him. 
Um, it's just the injuries. And it's like, I, we're going to say this about a lot of people. It's, you know, next week we're going to get to Jalen Phillips. And it's like, how do these medicals turn out? And if the medicals turn out fine, I think Trey Smith is a first round talent. I can't in good faith put him there because of the injury history, but five-star recruit, as, as Nick mentioned, it looks like he's playing tackle and you need a little bit more time at left guard to kind of get used to that, I think. And he's been up and down with injuries, but absolutely massive human being, great athlete, can pull when he's running downhill, especially he took advantage of some defensive back matchups this year where he just absolutely obliterated people. And this guy is a, a maniac. You know, I still think he's IOL two for me. He's a top 50 guy for sure. Maybe even higher than that. It's just the injuries. It is going to be a really big concern. If it hits, I think there's no doubt he's a first round talent. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the last thing I want to see when I'm, you know, looking to make a tackle is Trey Smith on a pole coming right at me. Uh, that, and that is just terrifying. This is a huge human being that, I mean, he just mauls, dude, in space. Um, yeah, the, the, especially for the size he is, 6'6", 330. I think he's a really good athlete, and he just has a ton of strength, and he just trucks dudes. Um, he also has a ton of experience, over 40 career starts, including 22 straight things you know you know despite these you know concerns about medicals he has made 22 career consecutive starts um but yeah i mean ultimately it's the thing that nick and pj said it's going to come down to the medicals it's going to come down to you know what's the deal with the blood clots what's the updated thing on that um but i i mean i agree I, he's a top 50 player he's my second interior offensive lineman you know i think he's high second round and on my big board if it's not for like these questions about medicals yeah, I'm with Nick. I'm a little bit lower on him. He's number six interior lineman for me, number four guard. I have him in a third-round grade, though. Uh, he's massive, 6'6", 330. You guys mentioned it. He's got, again, tackle size. Probably the meanest offensive lineman in this draft. Every play, he's trying to absolutely destroy the guy across from him. He bullies defenders across from him. Defenders always move backwards when he hits them. He played left tackle, right guard, and left guard at Tennessee. Moved all across the line for them. You guys hit on it, though, the medical history. He had blood clots in his lungs in 2018 that made him miss five games. Took a step back as a run blocker this year after being really good last year. Uh, and like Josh Myers and Quinn Miners, he goes for the kill shot too often. He whiffs on some blocks sometimes. He struggled in pass pro. He allowed 10 sacks and 11 QB hits in three and a half years. Uh, struggles on blitzes and stunts. I don't think he's the most athletic. He kind of struggles in space, I think. But he's got some wow blocks on tape. But he was a little too inconsistent for me to take him higher than the third round. Scheme versatile, put him in a gap or a zone scheme. But the medical history, again, is something to watch out for. Uh, number four now, who is almost everyone's number one, seemingly, Wyatt Davis, guard from Ohio State, number 56 on Big Board 2.0. PJ, what do you think about Wyatt Davis? Um, so Wyatt Davis is is good enough right now to be a day one starter at right guard. Like, plug and play, like, he'll be fine. Um, I think where you go at least with the three guys ahead of him, one notwithstanding because he's a tackle, but the other two, at least interior guys on this list ahead of him, is I think it's a lower ceiling, higher floor type thing. Like he's plug and play immediately. He's going to start, you know, as Nick alluded to before, a disappointing year. I, I think everybody would agree on that for Wyatt Davis, but I think he's, you know, I never understood the first round hype. I always thought Trey Smith was a little bit better than him coming into the year as the best guard. Um, I still expect him to go top 40, if not the end of the first round there. I know Baltimore is a spot. I know that Seattle pick for the Jets is a spot. 6'4 is a guard, 
good size, aggressive player, good on pulls, just, you know, a disappointing 2020 and a, a, a big injury at the end of it, which I think we all need to see what happens there. Uh, yeah. So we're talking about my 28th overall player here. Um, first round pick Wyatt Shocker. Davis. Um, you know, we want to talk about how some of these guys maybe aren't athletes, you know, Creed Humphrey, maybe not an athlete. Um, Wyatt Davis is an athlete, the lateral ability on this dude working in poles and working on space. I mean, I think he's the best athlete in this interior offensive line class. Um, PJ mentioned the aggressive run, uh, blocker using his athletic ability to get out in front dudes and just truck them. I think his footwork's excellent. I think he's got really good knowledge. Um, I'm not as concerned about the down 2020. I mean, I, it was still good. It wasn't, you know, the best interior and in offensive lineman of, you know, in the world, but it was still good. Um, in, in terms of weaknesses, you know, a general technique refinement, I think could still be made. Um, he also isn't the biggest guy. He's only 310 pounds listed, but you know, maybe add a couple uh, pounds there. I, I think he's a day one starter. Like PJ said, um, he, I think he's going to be a long, long-term guard for some team in the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, I talked about it earlier, offensive line at Ohio State, uh, maybe finished a little bit strong at the end of the year, but overall as a season, not excellent, especially for that interior um, bad injury at the end. We don't know what's up with the knee. ACLs are never fun. They can sometimes change the course of a guy's career. Don't know if that's the case with Wyatt Davis. And he's already had one, right? He's already had one bad knee injury, right, Tate? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, so, I mean, if he's already gotten through one, it probably isn't going to matter that much, but either way, his stock for me has gone down a little bit. I have the same grade on him as I do for Humphrey and Dickerson, just a little bit lower 40th overall for me interior O-line five. Sorry. I apologize. I have a I have five guys in the top 40 though. So like, I don't know, like they're all good. Like, I, it's not like I, I don't dislike Wyatt Davis. There's just a lot of good interior O-linemen in my opinion. Um, his best traits are when he's in space. I think he's really good getting to the second level and in space. I think he's really good when he has time to think about who he's blocking at pass pro in particular, when he can kind of scan, use his vision, use awareness, and his hips are pretty fluid. And he can kind of just like look around for a guy to hit and block. His weakness is when guys are quick to get inside of him. And I think he really has trouble when guys get inside his pad level, recovering and kind of getting those second movements down to readjust and, and re re-block guys. So that's a little bit of a technique thing. It's also a little bit of an experience thing. Could be that he's just, you know, with injuries and, and maybe piling up. He hasn't been getting as much time in practices, but um, I'm not certain about that. But, I, you know, let's see where he is in the NFL. I think because of that, he's going to fall to the second round. Um, but, you know, high ceiling guy. Yeah, he's number seven interior lineman for me I, i'm not high on white davis number five guard I, i'm worried about the injury we, we, don't know anything, we don't know anything about it but i i'm worried man i got a third round grade on him i'll probably move him up a little bit but i don't know too much uh great size six five three fifteen really good athleticism great balance he, he's never on the ground um really good hand placement really good in 2019 but i think he took a big step back this year he allowed three sacks and a QB hit on only 280 pass blocking snaps. Really late to picking up stunts and blitzes. Uh, took a big step back as a run blocker as well. Wasn't nearly as dominant as last year. 2019 too was the only great year of tape. 2018 and 2020 were whatever. Uh, so the question is, is he a one hit wonder? All the tools though, and the 2019 tape to convince you he can, he can be an elite guard. But the fact that he took a big step back this year gives me some some pause. I'd still spend a day two pick on him to hope he can get back to that form. But look, put him in a zone scheme. His athleticism can really thrive there. 
Uh, I'm just a little lower on Wyatt Davis than seemingly everyone else. So number three now, Ben Cleveland, the guard from Georgia, number 47 on Big Board 2.0. Tate, what do you think about him? Um, huge human, 6'6", 350 pounds. Uh, was it this guy that was in the bathing suit with the, the yes. shirtless? Was it yes. that guy? Yeah, yeah just, just a massive human being. Um, guy, he's, yeah. he's also really good in pass, bro. And he didn't give up a sack since 2017. Um, and I think he has really good technique overall. I mean, obviously, as a result, one, you know, leads to the other. Um, he's not just reliant on, like, his strength uh, and his power. You know, I think that he's, he's far along as a, as a technique blocker. Um, but the run blocking for me is where, you know, I have questions uh, with Ben Cleveland. I don't think he has a ton of range just because of his size and his athleticism. He's no Wyatt Davis, Max. Um, and I think you definitely saw some of these holes with, you know, George's different kind of offensive scheme this year they started using a lot more screens and like shorter passes that asked their uh, interior offensive linemen to work in space laterally um and you just saw that kind of how how that could limit ben cleveland in the nfl but i mean i think he's good um i second round grade i think on ben cleveland but uh, you know i don't think he's better than wyatt davis but you know whatever uh i think him and wyatt davis are reasonably close enough uh you know six six three fifty four is what he just listed at just massive human being like ginormous dude great size for a guard maybe even he's no pj you know, clark too big for a guard yeah no devon me and Devonte like this man just <laughs> like that uh you know he's built like a truck i i think he's a really smart player this is another guy that picked up on stunts well you know did it against the best competition in the country sec tate i i you brought up my one knock at the end there um the kind of shift in scheme for georgia this year um you know a lot quick passes short screen type things limiting a real pass rush for him but um you know this is a guy that i would have liked to see at the senior bowl but just that that picture of him is what i think everybody just goes back to <laughs> like he's just an absolutely massive human being and i uh you know i i'm pretty confident he'll be all right at the next level i'm a big fan i like ben cleveland a lot high second round grade for me right now i got him i believe 33 got to check on that yes wow. 33 overall that is a high second round great um yeah, actually, the highest. The highest. Yeah, the highest. As high as you can go in the second round. Um, don't get much better, Although, folks. he's actually not my highest second round grade because I don't have 32 first round grades, but um, that's another discussion. True. Good size at guard. I think he's a bit of a mauler. I think he always squarely hits guys. Very technical in his pass blocking. I think he does an excellent job of using his shoulders and hips, keeping them square, getting in front of guys, shielding the quarterback very well. Those, you, never, you never see guys like hit him and just keep him off balance. I think he's got the best balance of any potentially linemen in this draft outside of like some of the top tackle prospects. He does, you don't see this guy get knocked sideways because he hits a guy not squarely. Um, plays a good pad level. Hand placement, a little bit messy at times. Can get grabby. Could got to watch out because holding calls can be an issue with the next level for a lot of guys in their first years. I'd rather see him move to the second level than have him trying moving defensive tackles in the past in the, in the run game um, because he's kind of not great moving laterally or driving guys. Um, and he's a bit slow getting out of stance, which could be an issue as well. But effort, effort, effort. This guy is a finisher. He's a guy I think, that fights the whistle. And I love that in my offensive lineman. One a guy that's just going to knock you over and then also punch you while you're on the ground. So um, big <laughs> fan. I like Ben Cleveland. Uh, I love Ben Cleveland, too. Number two interior lineman for me. Number two guard. Uh, number 50 overall on my board. He's the mountain from Game of Thrones, man. Six foot six, 354 pounds. 
and that's not like a fat 354. Like he is oh, like no. rocked up. Like I forget that picture. I mean, he is ridiculous. Um, he good luck bull rushing, man. He's got ridiculous power. He said that at the Georgia Pro Day, he's going for the combine bench press record, which is 49, 49 reps of 225 pounds. Uh, which check, by please Kale. don't tear your pectoral muscle. Twenty eleven. <laughs> please, Ben, don't. Yeah, please don't tear it. We believe you. Uh, excellent pass pro. Only one sack allowed, and that came in his redshirt freshman year in 2017. He can move better than you expect at his size. Improved every year of his career. Only one full year as a starter, though. He had a broken fibula in 2018. Mm. Academic issues before that. Um, like mm. other guys on this list, sometimes goes for the kill shot too often. He whiffs on some blocks. Not great blocking on the move. He doesn't really stay under control. But he's a plug-and-play right guard. Ridiculous size, ridiculous power that bullied SEC defenders. I think he can be a really good to great guard in the league. Put him in a gap or a zone scheme, although I probably want him in a gap scheme. So number two now, Landon Dickerson, the center from Alabama, number 38 on Big Board 2.0. Nick, what do you think about him? This is the guy that evaluators in the NFL are going to love, right? Because he has a mean streak. He is even more than Ben Cleveland, a guy that finishes blocks. Um the first three words I have down under his name are ton of bricks and then hard to move. He just kind of locks guys down and doesn't have to do much because he just he can just kind of stand his ground. Uh, really low pad level. Um, initially, when he hits guys, he kind of gets stood up at times in pass pro. But I think when he, when that matters in the run game and you're hitting the guy more than the other guys that are coming to hit, you know, when you're in pass pro, blitzers kind of come to you. When you're in run game, you go to them. That low pad level really helps him. Keeps his hands tight. Um, gets inside those shoulder pads really well, um, stays balanced when mobile, and he can, can can win in multiple ways. I talked about being able to lock guys down, but I think he can move guys, I think he can shove guys backwards. Um, I don't think he's the most mobile guy, but I think he's still above average in terms of mobility. Um, and I think he does a good job of recovering sometimes when he gets pushed backwards. So for me, another high second-round guy, again, same grade as, as Humphrey and Davis. I got Davis 40, Humphrey 39, Dickerson 37. Uh, They're all up there. They're all good. Yeah. I mean, this is if I had to gun to my head, take one interior offensive lineman in the first round, this this would be the guy for me. He's Iowa one. Um, I think he's a beyond smart guy. Played at Florida State and Bama. So you have, you know, two really good programs. Well, Florida State at one point was a really good program. Florida but, State, really good. Pro- oh, well, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. This is a pedigree. <laughs> ACC, SEC, did it against both competition, played guard at Florida State, and then obviously played center for Bama this year, but has guard experience at Bama as well. Um, intangibles off the charts, got into the national championship, just wanted to be with his teammates one more time in that victory formation. I thought that was really admirable. Um, but injury history. I mean, he got banged up at Florida State. He got banged up at Bama and then tore his ACL in the SEC championship game. It was a big blow to that offensive line, which was the best offensive line in the country this year. And, and you know, it, it made a difference, which I think that, you know, shows how good Landon Dickerson is. Um, I think Kansas City at 31 is a really natural fit. If they don't want to go wide receiver, they need to bolster that interior offensive line. And this is the guy that I think would do it. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of the notes I have for Landon Dickerson like aren't even really football related. Like in terms of leadership, uh, 
as a competitor like you saw what it meant for him and for all of his teammates for him to dress in the national championship he always plays to the whistle um all week at the senior bowl people were asking like is that a coach is that a player just because like he was all over all the drills you know learning taking in information but also helping out everybody else um and also excelling at bama after transferring to florida state you know that's that's you know a step up um and he you know met met the match um, he also played all five positions on the offensive line in his college career, which, you know, is pretty cool. Um, so, you know, if you need to play him at center, you need to play him at guard, you know, at, he's a plug and play year one guy, obviously. Um, really excellent strength. But the big things, obviously, you know, he never finished at one season of college football um, or he only finished one season of college football. Excuse me. He's got four different injuries, you know, pretty major injuries. Um, you know, I don't think he's the best athlete. Maybe the injuries kind of piling up on his body, wearing and tearing. But, you know, I, I think. He's not the first guy I would take, obviously. I think Wyatt Davis and I think Trey Smith or maybe I like their projections a bit more. But I think Landon Dickerson in terms of like safe pick, you know, the, you know what you're getting and it's a high level um, if you're drafting Landon Dickerson. Yeah, he's my number three interior lineman, number one center. I have a late second round pick on him, a ridiculous size for a center, six foot six, 325 pounds, tackle S size. Tate, you had the tackle S size, positional versatility, man. Played all five positions. I think he could play anywhere along the interior. The best run blocking interior lineman in this class, I think. Pancakes, guys. Um, he and Trey Smith may be the meanest offensive linemen in this draft. I mean, they are always looking to just destroy someone. Um, I think he's the second best pass blocking center in this class uh, behind Drake Jackson. Only allowed five pressures this year on three 885 pass blocking snaps leader of a locker room when he tore his acl in the sec championship game the entire team surrounded him he took the final snap in that national championship game like you guys mentioned just a month after his knee injury in the senior bowl he's coaching guys up i mean uh so yeah I, he's a really good leader but the injury is something to monitor he had injuries all throughout his career too could push him down some boards he might not be ready to go until september of his rookie season didn't really dominate until his redshirt senior year he was good last year and just fine in the years before if he recovers from a tour ACL and keeps up this level of play, he'll be great in the league. And I think he can work in either a gap or a zone scheme. Uh, number one now, Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard from nice. USC, number 30 on Big Board 2.0. PJ, what do you think? Uh, I don't know why he's here. I I literally I have no idea why he's in this video. I all of my rankings when you go to Twitter and you see our positional top tens, everything I said in this video, Trey Smith IOL two and a Dickerson IOL one, just shift those down, I guess, because my tackle four apparently plays guard now. Um I think Elijah Vera Tucker is a tackle. Uh, I, I understand concern six, four doesn't have the long enough arms. That's, that's totally a thing, but I think a team would be foolish to not try him at tackle, but the guard experience was very good. He was quite frankly, he was a little bit better as a guard than he was a tackle, but I think he's athletic enough to play on the outside. Good feet, good technique. I think he's, he's great in his own scheme. I think if the jets were smart at 23, this might be the guy you want to do to play alongside Mekhi Becton if you want to play him at guard. I would play him at tackle. To me, he's a top 20 guy. I think the gap between him and Slater and Darisaw is closer than a lot of people want to think. For me, they're they're all relatively right next to each other. I take him top 15, top 20. 
don't even think about it for those t- those teams in in the early teens you know the chargers at 13 i think is a good natural fit depending on the rest of the guys there um i'm bullish on elijah very tucker and he should not be in this video uh yeah this is my offensive tackle six um hanging out at our iol one um you know for other reasons that are just out of my control uh he just does so many things well he's a really good athlete you know he's strong but he just isn't he's not all strength uh, he's also very smart i think his technique is really sound um he's got that killer mentality sometimes that you know max mentioned for trey smith and landon dickerson uh, I, I mean, I think he is a tackle. I think he had, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he had the second best pass pro grade in NCAA, uh, according to PFF, which, you know, Jen good. Um, as for cons, I mean, the, he got torched versus, uh, Thibodeau. That was just Kayvon Thibodeau. Just, I mean, that was just me. Um, six pressures and two sacks in one game. I mean, that might be the tape that people put on and be like, eh, maybe he's a guard. Um, but I mean, I, th- I think you can try him at tackle. Um, I think he succeeds at guard, definitely. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe there's some risk if you're trying to play him at tackle. All right, let's start with the good. Um, he is my IOL one. He's been moving up for me. He's number 24 overall, right behind King Rondale Moore. Um, consistent <laughs> producer, both tackle and guard. It worked both ways. Um, you know, he, he plays both. I think you put him where he fits. Um Good athlete, and perhaps too good of an athlete to be playing guard, which is why they moved him to tackle in the first place. In space, he's excellent. I think in terms well, of well, and that guy Austin Jackson kind of got out of the way. Yeah, so. and he was kind of gone, so they had to replace him. And that, but the other thing is, I don't, you know, should that guy have really been playing tackle? Ahead yeah, of the well, that's <laughs> you no. Know, um, <laughs> oof, 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 oof. You know, um, does a really good job of shooting. He's shooting his arms. I think. In terms of this class, I wouldn't haven't really compared him with tackles yet, but he does a really good job of kind of waiting, 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 and then when he goes to lock guy down, his arms going from his chest to the other guy's chest are faster than anybody else's in this interior arm class. It's just quick. He's like, bang, he's got you. Um, now let's talk about why he might be a guard at the next level. And I'm not saying you shouldn't try him at tackle, but I it just feel like you know, I have to talk a little bit about it because these guys have kind of just been like, "Oh, he's a tackle right here," so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta talk about it. He's clearly new to the position. He's got. That's what we to sound do, like, by the way. We talked about that is what they sound like. I literally word you know, impersonation was perfect. Um, <laughs> we talk about Trey Smith looks like he's playing tackle at the guard position. Elijah Vera Tucker not as much, but I think at times looks like he's playing guard at the tackle position. Um, he's very patient at times which can hurt you. When you're playing tackle, you kind of just have to get out of your stance and slide and hit the first guy that's outside of your center of your body when you snap the ball over splitting. He sometimes gets a little too afraid of who's inside of him, hesitates, and then lets the guy beat around the outside. What you need to do, and try not to get too technical to explain, is you need to be sliding as fast as you can while still kind of staying with your guard so it's harder for guys to cut inside of you, but also you need to stay with that guy and keep your vision on the outside. And he's too used to scanning both ways to kind of keep his weight going to the left side of the field and hit that guy on his left sometimes. So because of that, you know, learning curve, there's a little bit there. He could start out as guard and transition to tackle the NFL potentially. Not many guys do that, but he's one of those few guys who probably could end up being there. But again, put him where he fits. I think he's an excellent athlete. I think he's on his way up. Um, he's a first-round pick for sure. And I, I just He's been moving up my draft board. He's a good player. 
Yeah, he's the number one interior lineman for me, number one guard. Uh, number 35 overall, so I am right outside the first round. What I mean, makes... that's just terrible. That's no, just it's not. no, it's not. That's because... just terrible. No, it's not. Look, what, what makes... That's just, that's what just makes... terrible. Are you going to let me talk? I just waited. I, waited I don't know. That is uh, what PJ sounds like. He, he might revoke your talking rights. Just... He might. He might just edit me out right here. That's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Look, what, what makes him the best interior lineman in the most valuable interior lineman is that he could legitimately play tackle. He played well at left tackle in 2020 after being a guard before. He's the best pass blocking interior lineman in the draft. Only allowed 16 pressures on 975 pass blocking snaps in his career. He reacts to stunts and blitzes, I think, really well. He shows how he's a guard there. Um, really solid run blocker. He played well at tackle, but he, he really likely needs to be a guard in the league. Only six foot four, doesn't have great arm length. Isn't the quickest either. I don't think he's that quick. Uh, got apps like Tate. You, met, you mentioned it. He got dominated by Just Cable. Bullied, Timmons. man. Like watch ridiculous. that game. Oh, oh, oh no, he got bullied by like a generational edge well, rusher who might go number oh, one. He's not a generational. Oh, oh, generational. You, you this... make you make fun of me for generational, and you say generational when we had Chase Young last oh, year. Kayvon Thibodeau is very, very good. I just want to throw he's that out there. Little no review. Kayvon Thibodeau is very, very no good. Oh my God, we I get yelled at for generational. We just throw that. Kayvon Thibodeau is yeah, very, very good. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau is gonna be a top five pick. He's not a generational edge rusher. I can name like good five. Boy, very, very good. Um, look, he can play tackle on a pinch, but his best long-term <laughs> outlook is at guard. He dominated there in pass pro. Zone scheme is best, but he can fit any scheme at the next level. So those are our top 10 interior offensive linemen in this draft. Well, top nine and a tackle. So Top 10 interior linemen. Be sure top to follow us. They all play line, bro. Boomer Bust Draft. YouTube, anywhere you're going to podcast, please like, subscribe to the channel, and uh, comment for mailbag. And please go to manscaped.com and use the promo code BoomerBust. That's BoomerBust. Uh, all caps, no spaces for 20% off your purchase and free international shipping. So for Max Chadwick, EJ Clark, Tate Sigworth, Nick Miriam, have a great night.